Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Different areas to discuss. Hosmer criticizing the front office. Fernando Tatis Jr. violating his contract, as I found out today, and some Padres fans that found out today. Um, Padres potentially going after Freddie Freeman. That's a report that came out today about the Padres being interested and entering the bidding for Freddie Freeman. So all of these things are percolating in Padres Nation. Uh, Bob Melvin, Peter Seidler spoke to the media earlier today. So I have the audio of that. And so we will have that played and I'll give my reaction to that as well. Um, So just letting people come in here. Thank you again for watching and listening. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Grows. Famous cheesesteaks and subs, gaglionbros.com. When the Padres open up April 14th against the Atlanta Braves, Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves, not Freddie Freeman, but Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves, uh, you can get yourself a cheesesteak, garlic fries, upper deck, uh, down the third baseline uh, by the Valley Sports San Diego booth. So, And they have two locations, Sports Arena, Point Loma. So that is the, the sponsor of this episode. Uh, Joe Gaglione and those guys over there, they're great. Uh, so go hit them up, gaglionebros.com. Uh, so first, starting off here, before we get to all the main topics that I was talking about, let's first start off with some news that I was fortunate enough to break earlier this morning, uh, earlier today. And that's it. It's not big news, uh, but it was in regards to Manny Machado. I tweeted out today. Uh, I believe like 7.30, 7.33 a.m. Pacific time, that a source close to Manny uh, that I got in touch with said that Manny was expected to report to spring training today. And I put that out there. Source had knowledge of the situation. 
and what do you know, 24 minutes later, Kevin Acey, who is there in Arizona, uh, reported that Machado was in the building at spring training. So um, I was happy that that you know, turned out to be right, and uh, that was fun uh, to definitely report today. Um, and I think that might not be big news to some casual fans, but I think it is because, you know, look, Manny wasn't at spring training on Sunday when it seemed like that was the report day. He wasn't there yesterday, uh, which was the first, I think, the first actual day of workouts. He and Hosmer weren't. Um, so that was something. Uh, that people were curious about. What's up with Manny? Because of all the injuries with Tatis, obviously with the wrist injury, which we went over in depth last night, and then, you know, with uh, Cronenworth with the adductor injury, you didn't want Manny to go down. And so fans, I think some fans were definitely worried about that, but he's fine and glad to report that he's fine. Uh, and... I don't have knowledge from the source that I got the information from. I don't have knowledge about exactly why he didn't, you know, happen to go into camp in Peoria on time like everyone else. Uh, but it was a quick turnaround. Maybe he had plans about something and he had to cancel those or he had to make, he had to do those plans. Uh, and it is Manny Machado. Like he's an ultimate professional, so I'm not worried about him. Same thing with Hosmer too. Like I know Hosmer has not done well at all uh, in the in a Padres uniform. Uh, we that's well chronicled. Uh, but he's also a professional as well. He's gone through spring training, so I'm not worried about them missing a couple days of you know casual batting practice and casual ground balls and running down the first baseline. I'm not worried about that. But just wanted to get that Manny news out there. Chat, welcome in. Thank you again for hopping on here on this live stream. And we'll get into all these topics, but just kind of letting people funnel in here. Turbo AJ lost his phone. Yeah, look, no moves have been made. Um, he's working the phones. There, were, there are reports that he's still obviously aggressively shopping Myers and Hosmer. So maybe he's doing that before trying to get to free agents. I think a big part of this, why you're not seeing moves, is they're waiting on, say, Suzuki. They're waiting on him. He's meeting with, he met with the Cubs yesterday, which there's an update again on Suzuki, which I'll get to later. Uh, he's probably going to be meeting with other teams. There were six to seven suitors, including the Padres. So he has to pretty much wait that out. And it seems like the Padres are like the favorites based on all the posts and everything. Uh, and, you know, Suzuki was at Petco Park in the facilities at Petco Park, taking batting practice and all that. Uh, you know, Darvish and his family met with Suzuki. So it feels like they're the clubhouse leader in that, but I think part of the reason why you're not seeing these moves, at least outfield-wise, is they're waiting on, say, Suzuki, because for bang for your buck in terms of, like, the cheapest guy, it's Suzuki. Castellanos and Bryant seem like they're going to go $25 million at least a year, while Suzuki feels like 12 to $15 million, and it might end up being a shorter deal as well. So I think they're just waiting that out, and that's also why Bryant and Castellanos aren't signed yet, because... Well, Boris obviously has Bryant. I forget who Castellanos' agent is. But they're waiting because they know that other teams are trying to get Suzuki. They'd rather have Suzuki, at least price-wise, over them. So there's not as much interest. The Rockies are interested in Chris Bryant, but I think there's going to be more suitors. You'll see more suitors in them. 
when Suzuki signs. Like, that's when the ball will get rolling, kind of like the Matt Olson deal. It feels like when that happened with the Braves, the ball is more rolling now on Freddie Freeman and clarifying what teams are really interested in all that. So AJ has his phone. Don't worry. I think it's a lot of waiting for some guys to make a decision, and then the ball will really start to get rolling. What's up, Adam? Yep, another day of no moves for AJ. Bob Nightingale just sucks with news. The man should not be verified. Yeah, you're talking about probably the Freddie Freeman thing today. Well, yesterday, I mean, with the Suzuki thing, he totally botched that, you know, with the Yahoo Japan report talking about how Suzuki had signed a five-year, $70 million deal, and he quote tweeted it and said, hey, today's not not a totally lost day for the Padres. No, Suzuki then ended up meeting with the Cubs later that night. So, yeah, he's been on, he's been wrong, wrong a lot of things. Bauer to the Mets last offseason, which feels like years ago, but yeah, he was wrong on that. Uh, let's see. According to Japanese new, Japanese news, Padres still the favorites for Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, I don't look unless it comes from Jeff Passan and stuff and guys like that. I'm not going to really read into a whole lot of that, but it's interesting to see what Japan thinks of it. But I mean, until Passan tweets something, it's like I don't really want to buy into it. All right. Let's get into this chat. Let's get into the main topics for today. Padres, spring training in Peoria. The whole team is there. Tatis is not healthy, but the whole team is there. And let's start off here with Eric Hosmer's comments. Eric Hosmer reported to camp this morning. And he talked openly to the media. He was professional about it. I know people really dragged him, you know, a couple hours ago when the Kevin Acey article came out with a tweet or with a quote that I was, that we'll get into. Um, but in terms of this morning, he talked to the media inside the clubhouse before the workouts. And regarding trade rumors, he said, quote, we're all used to the rumors. Get used to the talk. We just have to be ready to go, end quote. The problem with that first quote, we're all used to the rumors. Well, the problem is, no, not everyone is used to the rumors. And when you're supposed to, when you came here, Eric, you were supposed to be a big part in why the Padres were going to win. You're holding the team back in ways with your contract, with your defense. So you saying that, you know, we're all used to it. Well, you might be used to it now because you've dealt with it for a year plus because of how you've played. But the fact of the matter is you should not be used to it because you shouldn't even be in these trade talks. If we go back to 2018 when you signed here, you were supposed to be one of those big front men in the Padres' success, and you're holding the team back now. Uh, he also said, quote, and this one is kind of one that pissed me off. Quote, the only thing I have to prove is to my teammates, end quote. Well, look, that's false. It's not false that he has to prove to his teammates. That's true as well because, look, the Padres aren't dumb. Padres players aren't dumb. Trent Grisham, Will Myers. I mean, Myers doesn't have a whole lot of room to talk, but Tatis, Manny, guys like that, they know that Hosmer's not living up to his contract. 
they know that he needs to be playing better for the Padres to go where they want to go if Hosmer's going to be on the team and if Hosmer's going to be getting consistent at-bats. They know. They're not stupid. And so they know that, yes, Hosmer needs to play better. And so Hosmer, yeah, he does need to prove himself to his teammates and prove to them that he still has it and he still deserves to you know, be in the lineup every day over Jake Cronorth at first and Jerks and Profar even at second if they go with Kim at short and Abrams not on the roster. Um, so, yeah, he does need to prove it to his teammates. But come on, Eric. you you got to be better than that. Come on. You're telling me you don't have anything to prove to the front office or the fans? The very fans that pay your freaking salary? That $140 million, $144 million that the Padres gave you that contract in 2018? The fans are helping pay that. And they expected you, you know, all those fans that brought that bought Hosmer jerseys, my cousin Jacob, he had a white Hosmer jersey. You know, uh, before they switched to the brown and gold, all those fans that brought the jer- that bought those jerseys and were excited when that news first came out in 2018, that you know, you this was like the big first step in the change of this direction of the franchise, and they were excited in 2019 when you and Manny and Kinsler helped bring Tatis into the opening day roster. The fans were the ones that were excited and thought that you were going to be a big part, at least initially. I know that faded, that hope, that optimism faded quickly, but those fans were the ones that were supporting you and help, and they still are helping pay your contract. Oh, Bob Nightingale, breaking news. Anthony Rizzo, two-year contract to the Yankees. All right, breaking news there. So Bob Nightingale reports that. I don't know. Let's see if there's any other tweets here. Pending a physical, John Heyman back to the Yankees. Looks like a two-year deal with the Yankees for 30 to $35 million. Uh, one reporter hearing two years, $32 million with an opt-out after one year. So Rizzo goes back to the Yankees. That eliminates the Yankees and the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. So that is interesting. That means that Freddie Freeman is either going to go to the Dodgers, who seem like the front runner. You got the Rays, you got the Blue Jays, the Padres have shown interest, which we'll definitely get into. But Anthony Rizzo going to the New York Yankees, going back there, looks like maybe then it expends Luke Voigt as a possible trade opportunity for some other teams. And so that's something to look at. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, breaking news. That's another. That's a big former all-star who's now off the books. So that's a big move. But back to Eric Hosmer, another first baseman, uh, saying that the only thing I have to prove is to my teammates when the fans were the ones that had all this optimism and they were the ones that were helping pay this contract and still are. And the big thing is you don't think you don't have anything to prove to the front office. Eric, you have 10 and 5 rights coming after this season meaning that you can veto any trade. And that means that the front office knows that you're going to veto every trade that they propose to you because you know that you want to be on a contender despite how bad you're playing. You want to be on a World Series contender, and I don't blame him. But because he has 10 and 5 rights and he's not playing well, 
the Padres are going to want to be able to get rid of him this year and have urgency, and that's why they're so aggressively trying to shop him because they want to get rid of him this year so he has no chance to veto trades other than the 10 teams that he can supposedly veto right now. So there's 20 or uh, 19 teams that are open that he can't veto. So they're strongly, aggressively trying to trade him, and rightfully so. And if they don't get a deal, you're telling me, Eric, that you don't have to prove yourself to the front office and prove to them, hey, look, you made the right decision by not trading me. I can still help. I'm willing to make adjustments with Michael Burdar, the new hitting coach. I'm willing to be quieter uh, in the batter's box and not with this whole big load and all of that. I'm willing to make changes. I'm willing to work my butt off on defense and feel like I care a little bit more on defense. Because to be quite honest, when I'm watching Eric, it seems like he's been lazy a little bit at first base last year at least. So you're telling me, Eric, that you have nothing to prove to the front office? The very people that gave you $144 million and who were pretty much bidding against themselves, that's what they were doing. They were pretty much bidding against themselves and saying, here, because that's what Boris did. That whole saying that the Red Sox were interested, that was a bunch of BS. The Red Sox ended up giving Mitch Moreland, like what, a two-year contract? Nothing near what Hosmer got. They weren't interested. They weren't really interested. They were just driving up the price. His own team, the Kansas City Royals, weren't even really interested. Once they saw that number at 144 million, they were like, Holy no, heck no, heck no. We're not giving that guy $144 million. But so to get back to Hosmer in the front office and not even saying that you have to prove anything to the front office, they were the ones that gave you $144 million. They were the ones that want to trade you before you get your 10 and 5 rights and can reject a trade because they know that odds are you're not going to reject a trade because you want to be on a contender, which are the San Diego Padres, for years to come. And you still have four more years, including this year, $59 million left. So you're, you're saying me, you're telling us, Eric, that nah, I don't need to prove anything to the front office to prove to them, prove to us, the fans, that I can be, you know, Eric, that you can be a some contributing factor and higher than a one war or zero war, according to fan graphs last year. You can have a higher impact than that. Come on. You got it. That's that's just not a correct statement. Yes, you have something to prove. You do have something to prove to the front office, to the fans. You know, the fans are rightfully bashing you because you're just not playing well enough. And you can say, well, Ben, you never played in the big leagues. You're just sitting here as a fan. Well, yeah, I am sitting here as a fan. I'm sitting here as a passionate fan, a diehard fan, someone who keeps score during games and watches games, all of the games. And someone that is dedicated than anyone that I'm around to the Padres. Any family members will attest to that. I'm someone that has season tickets with my family. And is the one that sits there for 40 games a year and sees Hosmer ground out to second base. You know, and sees Hosmer make errors. And, I, and watching, I remember I was at my uncle's wedding the, uh, the first year that Hosmer, I think, was in San Diego at Houston watching the game and he drops a pop-up that Alex Bregman hit, drops a pop-up that goes over his head, an easy pop-up that I could have caught, and he just drops it. You can't, like, these fans, we've went through a lot of struggle watching Eric Hosmer, watching you, Eric, not live up to expectations. So to say that you don't have anything to prove to us and prove to the front office, 
when you could very well not be a Padre because they know that you're not going to leave if they don't get a trade done for you at the end of the season. And I just think it's a wrong take. It's just a wrong take by Eric. So that, that statement really didn't make sense for me. I think proving to the fans, I mean, getting back to that point, use this as motivation. You know, all the bashing and saying that, you know, fans on Twitter about, I want to blast Eric Hosmer to Mars or blast him to the sun. It's like their top priority of the offseason of this post-lockout. And I understand fans' frustration. Why can't you use that as motivation, Eric? You know, say, guess what? Yeah, F the fans right now. I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong. No, but to say, not even mention the fans, not even mention the front office who control your fate pretty much. I know that they'd have to give up Abrams or Hassel in a trade most likely if they want a lot of flexibility and taking a lot of that Hosmer contract. But to say it just doesn't make sense to, to say that I have nothing to prove to anyone but my teammates. Like, it just doesn't – that didn't – that did not go over well with me. Um, another comment that he made later in the day – I'm not quite sure actually. I'm not quite sure if it was later in the day or if it was that same morning and Kevin Acey had like a one-on-one -on -one with Hosmer. Which was, could have been a very real possibility because uh, he has had quotes with Hosmer and people have accused him of, you know, of AC really defending Hosmer and going out of his way to defend Hosmer and all that and being buddy-buddy with him. Uh, but AC came on my show, this very show, a couple weeks ago, and I gave him the opportunity to defend himself on that stuff. And he told me that his sources and all those people on Twitter that think Hosmer's his source, Hosmer doesn't... He doesn't really talk to AC unless it's on the record. He doesn't do that. You know, he's very professional. He just goes about his business. He's professional. He talks to everyone at once. You know, so Hosmer, I don't, I don't know when these comments were made. I want to be clear on that. But this was today. It came out in the San Diego Union Tribune, Kevin AC, earlier today. And I'm going to share my screen and show this quote that Eric Cosmer said that makes him look even worse, makes him look pretty much like a douche. Uh, here is the quote, okay? From AC to AC, quote, it's different wherever you go, said Hosmer, who spent seven seasons with the Kansas City Royals before signing with the Padres before the 2018 season. So before this quote right here, he's talking about his situation at the deadline last year, how the Padres did not approach him and warn him that he was going to be in trade talks. Quote, if my situation was in Kansas City, it would have been handled a little differently. But I'm not in Kansas City. I'm in San Diego. That's how they operate here. I'm not holding a grudge because no one came up to me and told me what's going on. I learned that's just part of the business. End quote. All right, well... Eric, I have a lot of problems with this. I'm sure a lot of Padre fans have a lot of problems with this quote. One, I get it. You love Kansas City. You're a legend there. You won them a World Series and all that. And you're not in Kansas City. You're in San Diego. Yes, you are correct about that, Mr. Hosmer. But to disrespect the front office when they were the ones that gave you $144 million 
doesn't make sense. And saying that your situation would have been handled differently in Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, did it take you this long to do your homework, Eric? You play really well on a team, they're going to treat you differently and they're going to treat you with more respect. You, you play badly and you're not considered a big reason why the team is winning? Yeah. I don't know if you deserve A.J. Preller coming up to you and saying, hey, we're involving you in trade discussions. We want to trade you before the deadline, just so you know. Like, does he really deserve that, the way that he's played? And to be quite honest, look, to be quite honest, I haven't seen anyone bring up this example, so I'm going to do it right now. This is just fairness, to be quite honest. Actually, he's being treated better. According to reports, he's being treated better than what other former Padres have been treated in terms of trade talks with A.J. Pro. Ty France is a prime example. Before he was traded 2020, two weeks before that deadline, A.J. Preller talked to Ty France. And this was according to Ken Rosenthal last year in a piece he wrote. Ken Rosenthal said that Preller talked to Ty France and said to him, to his face, that France was going to be a big part in what the Padres were building in the next few years, five, six years. Something to that effect. And what do you know? Two weeks later, Ty France gets traded for Dan Altavia, Austin Nola, Austin Adams, I think one other guy, and that trade has not worked out well. I'd love to have Ty France. He'd be inserted as the first baseman, or at least the DH, on opening day, April 7th, in Arizona at Chase Field. And Hosmer would be probably on the bench. Um, now, that's one situation of one guy literally being lied to. Lied to. Young player saying, you're going to be an important part of what we're building. And then two weeks later, no, actually, I changed my mind. We're going to trade you now. This, this hasn't happened with Hosmer. They're just not talking with him. Why, why does Hosmer deserve different treatment when he's not providing enough impact to the team anywhere near Manny's level, why does he deserve different treatment than a, a, a first or second year player who's contributing the same, who's having a one war or a zero war, and a replacement minor leaguer is having those same, that could have those same stats as him? Why does he think he should have the special treatment? You know, this is the front office that gave you, again, I'll repeat it, that gave you $144 million. And you want to criticize them and say, I'm not in Kansas City, I'm in San Diego. That's how they operate here. They don't operate, essentially saying, they don't operate with respect. They're disrespectful. They owed me a conversation before the trade deadline. And what, by the way, what does that do? What is having a conversation before the trade deadline with Eric Hosmer if you're AJ Preller? What does that do? What happens if you don't get a trade done and you're telling him that we're really trying to shop you here, uh, we're probably going to move on, and then it doesn't happen? Wouldn't that be worse when Hosmer walks and interacts with Preller than just Preller not talking to him and saying anything about it and, tell, and alerting him that he's going to involve him in trade talks? Look, A.J. Preller is a madman. I have so much respect for him on his phone all of the time. Works his butt off, okay? We've seen all the pictures. Someone else, a reporter posted a picture of him on a backfield today in his bucket hat, shorts, and a shirt on the phone, talking on the phone with someone. He works his butt off. And because he works his butt off, you'd assume 
that he's, he has so many trades and players involved in these hypothetical trades all of the time. He's probably talking 20 different trades or free agent signings a day right now. One, because he hasn't made moves, but that's another thing. But in terms of his deals, the whole roster except Manny and Tatis and maybe Jake and, what, Musgrove maybe? They, they're probably being talked about in trades in some fashion, whether it's him bringing them up to another team or if it's another team bring them, bringing it up to him. So if AJ were to walk around the clubhouse and had to tell every single player, yeah, we're, gonna involve, we're involving you in trade talks right now, it would take him two hours to walk around the clubhouse because I'm pretty sure he involves a lot of players and he's just so open-minded, out-of-the-box thinking that he's thinking about a lot of different things, a lot of different ways to create financial flexibility. Because I doubt it. I'll tell you this right now. I doubt it that Eric Cosmer and Will Myers are the only ones that are the players that AJ is trying to create f f uh, financial flexibility with by trading them. I'm sure he's looked at Drew Pomerantz, and we just don't know about it. You know, there's different ways, there's different players that have these contracts that they're not living up to that... Maybe you don't have to give up a C.J. Abrams in the deal because they're not as bad as Eric Hosmer. Or they're a pitcher who might be able to bounce back. And so my point is I just don't think that Eric deserves or needs A.J. to come over to him and say we're going to involve you in these trade talks. Because there's no guarantee that he's going to be traded either. So to just bash the front office that gave you the, the contract that no one else was even close to being willing to give you doesn't make sense. And you can glorify Kansas City all you want, and yeah, they might be have more respect for you, but that's because you were a better player then. You're not living up to your contract. You're not playing well enough here. And, and then saying, I'm not holding a grudge. Okay, whenever someone, let, let's, let, this is like a life lesson to be quite honest. I, I tweeted this right here. If you say, I'm not holding a grudge, that probably means you're holding a grudge. Because it's not like someone asked him, it's not like AC asked him, are you holding a grudge against the Padres? He literally just said it in the middle of this, you know, quote, ripping the Padres front office. I'm not in Kansas City anymore. That's how they operate. I'm not holding a grudge, though. Well, I'm sorry, you can't convince me that you're not holding a grudge. So, there's been reports that you know, he didn't. He really didn't like it more than what he was showing uh, in the clubhouse with teammates and all that, you know, privately. I saw a report somewhere. Sorry for not crediting it. I forgot where I saw that. Um, but th these comments, it's, it's just like, I mean, Peter Seiler has to see this and say, why do we want this guy on the roster anymore? You know, just bashing the front office like this and saying that they're, they are disrespectful, you know, like, you know what, I, I mean, I think I'm a part of a me the media, but I, I'm not there, I'm not, I don't have a, a press pass into Petco Park, but in defense of the media, this is the same guy that's saying that the Potters are disrespectful to him, this is the same guy that was disrespectful to the media before, uh, right after the trade deadline last year, and told a reporter, I think it was Jeff Sanders who asked the question, about trade talks and all that. And he replied to the reporter and said, look, I expect you to be better than that. Like being disrespectful to the, to the reporter that's just at doing his job and asking a question. So 
it's just ironic that he's saying that the Padres front office is being disrespectful and stuff like essentially saying that. It's just like, dude, how about you just focus on being a better player and again use this motivation, you know, that the front office is trying to trade you and all that. Use that as motivation and say, I'm going to prove you wrong. Use the motivation of the fans bashing you and use that and say, look, Ben, I'm going to ba- I'm going to bash some home runs. You bash me, I'm actually going to go bash some home runs right now. And maybe you can start being a little bit more on my good side. But this comment just didn't make any sense. It's just like, come on, dude. Can you just be a little smarter? Be a little smarter. Just a, just a little bit. So that was the Eric Cosmer quote there. I know I probably had a lot to say there on that. What else we got here? First, before we get to the next topics, I'll go through these comments here while I went on that terrain. Eric said, I've been out of the loop for a day or two on Padres Media and the news, this stream is perfect. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I'm trying to go live every every night, it seems like. I probably won't be able to go live tomorrow night, maybe tomorrow midday if anyone wants to join, if there's anything that comes up, uh, because I do work tomorrow night. Uh, I'm in New York, so I do work for an NBA team, so I'll be out tomorrow night but and Friday, but uh, yeah, I love this. I hope you guys love this, and I love interacting with the fans. I love doing these live streams. Uh, let's see here. Hosmer said, Kansas City felt like a hundred times in a sentence. Jesus, just send him back. <laughs> and I, the thing is, I think Kansas City still wants it. I mean, there's there's some Pittsburgh Pirates fans that are like, we'll take on Eric Hosmer. It's like, you're obviously not watching games. You don't, you're not paying attention. And your team sucks right now, the Pirates, so I, I get maybe you don't watch every game. But, like, what are we doing, dude? What are these Pirates fans thinking? Yeah, we'll take Hosmer. <laughs> Go ahead, take him, please. Take him. Take him. And I want to be clear. I'm not trying to bash Eric in terms of, like, my personal interactions with him. I've had one, and I got an autograph. He was good. You know, it was before a Sunday game, after a fielding practice he had. I think 2019 or something came over, signed my autograph card, you know, good, you know, nothing bad to say, personal interaction, the one personal interaction I've had. But these quotes, I think, are unnecessary, uh, treating the media when they're just trying to do their job, like he did last year before the trade deadline was unnecessary. So those are pretty much my thoughts here. Brian Hosmer will not change his swing to lift the ball. He's an air machine, and Myers is an unmotivated SOB. I disagree with Myers. Uh, Myers, see, there's a difference between Myers and Eric Hosmer. Myers is up front. He's willing to talk about and be open about these trade discussions. And, you know, just say, look, I want – he said this yesterday, I think, to the media, saying, look – I just want to play out. I intend to play out my contract here. I like it in San Diego here. I want to be here in San Diego. I want to win here. And he was saying trade talks are going to happen. I've been involved with them. But guess what? I'm in San Diego. And he's going to try hard to win here as long as he's here. 
that's just not the same vibe. I, I, Hosmer said he's going to try earlier today. I want to be respectful to that, and I think that he's going to. But to me, when you when you watch Hosmer's press conference and Myers, to me, there's just a difference between the two. And I'm much more willing to have Myers and give Myers another chance here and give Myers that right field spot and hope that he has a bounce back here because it feels like he really wants to be here. It feels like... He really wants to win here and he's invested here. You know? That just doesn't feel the same with Hosmer. Let's see here. Back to the Anthony Rizzo thing. A fit in New York, cheaper than Freeman. They need a left-handed bat. Yeah. I think Rizzo's a good fit. It worked for them last year. I know they didn't win the wild card game. Garrett Cole kind of choked there with the Red Sox, but Stanton's played really well there. I'm glad to see him play well. Um, Rizzo, he played well. I mean, remember, right out of the gate of that Yankees deal, he was amazing. Like, home runs left and right. Fans pay his contract. Hosmer should just shut up and play his best ball. I don't want to say that he should just shut up, but I'm just saying that he should be smarter with his comments. And I don't think he should have been criticizing the front office that gave him a contract that no one else was willing to give him. And criticize the front office for not being for not going up to him and saying that they're going to involve him in trade talks when I don't think he's deserved it like if it was in Kansas City yeah because he was playing well there he's a, he, he played well there he was an all-star there but when you have a negative defensive war here the Padres have wasted 75 and a half million dollars out of the 80 million dollars in the base salary over the first four years of the contract I, I just don't think you have the room to talk in that way you know Another comment here, Adam Oz was kind of like the Seeger deal, overpaying a guy that was going to, pl to play for a losing team. I disagree with that last part. You know, they overpaid him definitely, but he was going to play for a losing team in 2018 and 2019, but they made the playoffs in 2020. I know it was just a short season. And then on paper, going into last season, they were like the second favorite to win the National League pennant behind the Dodgers, I think. Van Graffs had him the best rotation in baseball, so... He was not signed long-term, at least, to be on a losing team. Another comment here from Barry. No big names would sign with us back then, though, so we overpaid for a low-end low -end star. You were replying to Adam's comment there. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Adam says, Hosmer is like Blake Griffin when he was in Detroit. <laughs> uh, overpaid on a losing team. Again, the losing team thing, 2018, 2019, I guess you can make the case for that, but... I mean, Detroit was just a dumpster fire with Blake Griffin, though. Erie Fan Geek weighs in here. I know it's highly unlikely, but if he moves Hosmer and gets Freddie Freeman, somehow all will be forgiven. I bet Peter Seidler doesn't want the Dodgers to get him. I think their motivation should not be the Dodgers, you know, being scared of the Dodgers getting him. Their motivation should be... Look, we're trying to go all in to win a World Series, and Freddie Freeman is going to help us do that and really help us do that, and he's going to provide some power that, guess what, we didn't get. You know, we missed out on Nelson Cruz. He's going to help compensate for that. He's going to help compensate for those 20 home runs that they're probably going to miss from Fernando if he was if he replicated like how he did last season. If he misses, if he indeed misses the first half of the season, Freeman would help make up for those as well as bounce back years from Grisham and Myers, that might help as well. And Kim, if he's jacked, if he's actually jacked and he's actually like,
can hit fastballs and catch up to high velocity. That Those all can fill in those gaps a little bit. Um, but I don't think Seibler, of course, he doesn't want the Dodgers to get him, but that's not his main motivation if they indeed are really interested in Freddie, and we'll get to that. Uh, another comment from Brian. Hosmer was never good in Kansas City, honestly. Got lucky in a World Series with that weak grounder he hit to score the winning run. Uh, he didn't hit the ground ball. He was on third with the ground ball to third base, and he ran home and slid home because David Wright didn't really look at him and threw it over to first to Lucas Duda, and then Lucas Duda had a high throw to home in Game 5 of that 2015 World Series, so he was running there. Those last two years in Kansas City were his prime years. He and Myers haven't done Jack S. Myers has done more than Hosmer, but yeah, I, I agree. But Myers isn't as bad because he's making way less money than uh, Hosmer is. Hosmer's $144 million. Myers was $83 million, I believe. Uh, let's see here. Brian here, hit the like button, help this guy out. Yeah, definitely hit the like button, subscribe here. Again, I'm trying to go live every night that I'm available during this free agent frenzy and all of that. Uh, I post clips every day. Gaslampbell.com have articles there as well. So definitely, I appreciate the support. At Talking Fires on Twitter, on Instagram as well. Content there all day. Very active on Twitter, quote tweeting stuff, giving my thoughts there on reports, not just the Padres, but around the league. Um, and then obviously our sponsor, GaglionBros.com, hit them up as well. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to um, let's here. Let's get to the next topic that I wanted to discuss, and that was, I believe, Peter Seidler's comments. Yeah, Peter Seidler's comments. He talked to the media today. He and Eric Grubner talked to the media today. And I did want to hit on one comment that Peter Seidler made that I'm a little bit frustrated with. And now look, as a disclaimer before I play this, before I play the audio for you guys, I'm a huge fan of Peter Seidler. Okay? Trying to get him on the show. Hopefully I can do that. And send emails to the Padres and say, get him on the Talking Fairies podcast. I'd appreciate that trying to get him on. Hopefully that can happen. Um, I absolutely love Peter Seidler. He spent $300 million on Manny. He spent $340 million on Fernando. He's looks like hopefully can extend Musgrove. You know, he's willing to, and now that he's interested in Freddie Freeman, supposedly, look, he is willing to spend money. You know, he's willing to eat some of that Hosmer salary, it seems like, if they can get some type of trade uh, a good trade where they don't have to give up top prospects. He wants to win. He knows that the fans want to win. So I'm all Peter Seidler, fan of him. But he did make a comment here today at spring training in Peoria on Tuesday here, March 15th, when I'm recording this, that kind of irked me about when he was asked how imperative it is for the San Diego Padres to make the playoffs this year. Okay, I'm going to share my screen here, and I will show you, and you'll hear the audio for the podcast audience that's listening. I appreciate you as always. Okay, here are the comments. This is, this is Peter Seidler speaking, asked, again, how imperative it is for the Potters to make the playoffs this year, how imperative it is essentially for the Potters to win this year. 
All right. So for the podcast audience, uh, if you didn't hear that, he said that the Padres are not in the, oh, we need to win right now kind of mode. They don't feel like that really big urgency like that. But he did say that obviously they're looking to contend for a World Series and said all the right things in that regard. But I didn't really like that he said, as a fan, a diehard fan, family has season tickets, invest in this team every single day. I didn't really like him saying that we don't feel like we're in the we have to win right now mode. Because to be quite honest, I disagree with that. I think they do have to win right now. Like, what's the point of having Manny Machado in his prime and, and spending money last year and trading for Snell and Darvish and giving Clevenger that extension so that he can pitch this year despite having Tommy John last year? What's the point that you had in acquiring Musgrove? What was the point? What's the point in being in on, you know, say a Suzuki? What's the point in reportedly being in on Freddie Freeman? What's the point in all that if you're not trying to win right now? What's the point of hiring Bob Melvin as the manager? A guy that has postseason experience and a guy who believes that the Padres should be winning right now. And that's why he took this managing manager job. Someone who won and made the playoffs consistently in Oakland with far less resources, far less fans in the stands. I just disagree with that sentiment that the Padres don't think they should be in this we should win right now mode. Because I think the players would say we are in the win right now mode. Now, I don't want to totally bash Mr. Scheidler about this because after this comment that I played there about that quote that he said, he did say, just to be fair, he did say that we are trying to win and they think that they're going to be able to put together a World Series caliber team, something like that, something essentially that's what he said. So he, they are trying to win, but he still said, I don't feel like we're in that win, we have to win right now mode. And that kind of irked me a little bit. Again, I don't want to overblow it, but I did want to mention that. That kind of irked me. Uh, because I think with all the moves that they're making, hiring Bob Melvin and all that, and A.J. Preller making all of these moves, and he's been here for seven years and they made the playoffs once, multiple rebuilds, and that one playoff appearance was in a shortened season. And in order to make the playoffs, or at least help his cause making the playoffs, he gave up a lot of players that he ended up trading for in that first rebuild just to get Clevenger, who ended up getting hurt. So I think that right now it is win right now mode. They do. They do have to make the playoffs this year, definitely. Especially with the expanded playoffs, there's no excuse. Even with Fernando hurt for the first half of the year, they do make – they have to make the playoffs. There's too much talent. You'd think that they'd sign – they have to. There's no other option. They're going to sign another power-hitting outfielder. They're going to sign someone. Whether it's a Jock Peterson, a Michael Conforto, if they strike out in Suzuki or Brian or Castellanos, or they don't get Freeman, which they're probably not going to, but we'll get to that later. They're going to sign someone, so I'm not worried about that. But with all the talent, Manny, Jake, Grisham, 
Myers seems like he's hopefully going to have a bounce back here. Kim, you know, Jacks now. C.J. Abrams, top prospect. Potential of a 5 tool player when he keeps continuing to get stronger. Hopefully he's up at some point. There's a lot of talent still on this team. The pitching staff is stacked. They're the best rotation in baseball. You don't have an excuse. You do have to win right now. I'm not saying that you have to win a World Series this year. I do agree with Seidler if that's what he meant. If that's what Mr. Seidler meant when he said that we don't feel like we're in a we have to win right now mode and he's talking about the World Series, okay, I agree with that. But in terms of just winning in general and the playoffs, there's no excuse. You have to make the playoffs. I totally disagree if he just meant talking about the playoffs. Totally has to make the playoffs. There's no excuse. Seven teams in each league, excuse me, six, sorry, six teams in each league, 12 playoff teams, three wild cards. Okay, so the Dodgers or us are probably the front runners to win the division. I'd give it to the Dodgers right now because that Fernando injury, man, that that's crushing. And they still have Trey Turner at shortstop. They still have some options there. And it looks like Freeman probably odds on favorite could go there. So I'm still having them right now. With that Fernando injury, that's big. Uh, with Jerks and Profires, the left fielder right now, I mean, for freaking sake, holy cow. Um, there's, there's moves that need to be made. I'm not putting the Padres ahead of the Dodgers right now in the division. So let, let's say that happens. They're a wild card team. And they end up playing a three-game series, even if it's against the Brewers, or let's say it's the Cardinals, or it's the Braves, and the Mets end up winning the East, and they play the Braves. You have to win that series still. You're telling me you're not going to be able to win that series with a three-game series and your starters are Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove? Or depending on how Clevenger pitches, maybe it's Clevenger, Snell, Darvish, or if it's Musgrove, Clevenger, Snell, whatever. You're telling me you can't win that with Tatis back because I don't. he's not going to miss the whole year. And hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the year after this. If they have to DH him, then you, I guess you DH him. You know, you need that bat in the lineup. But you're telling me that you cannot, that you're telling me that it's, we don't feel like it's in, we have to win right now mode? Like, come on. You do have to win. You do have to make it past the NLDS. I think, or excuse me, at least past the wild card. And I think, depending on the matchup, I mean, if they have to play the Dodgers, I mean, okay. I mean, I'd like it to go five games, and if they don't win, well, I wouldn't be terribly bad about that mad about that but you definitely have to win the wild card series you have to make definitely be you have to win multiple games in the division series you can't go three and out i know there was injuries in 2020 but they still went three and out against the dodgers in the nlds you got to win games you, you just do musgrove does not have an extension right now snell and darvish are free agents after next year like this is the prime window you got to win right now so I disagree with Sider's comments a little bit there, but I'm not. I don't want to totally bash him because he did. Obviously, with the moves, the money that he spent, he obviously does want to win. But that specific comment irked me a little bit. That's all. That's all. Some additional things that he said. I'm talking about last year. If you're going to fall off a cliff, you might as well make it dramatic, and we did. Yeah, he's right about that. Uh, he said when asked if the Padres have a baseball budget this offseason, he said we have a vision. Like the front office, him, Eric Grubner, they have a vision. Well, whatever that vision is, 
That vision, guess what? That vision needs to come to fruition. See what I did right there? That vision needs to come through fruition right now. In the very near future. Near future. Because, like I just mentioned, all the resources that you're given, all of the money you're spending, this vision that Preller's had, he's made the playoff once. This is now a seventh season with the team. At some point, it can't just be about, oh, we're, we're attracting a lot of fans. Oh, we have a superstar. We have multiple superstars on the team. Oh, we have all-stars on the team. No, you got to start winning postseason games. You know? I like Preller. Big fan of Preller. Love his aggressiveness. Love how hard he works. I mentioned that earlier in this episode. But you, you got to have some results here. That vision has to come to fruition right now. Even with Fernando Hurt the first half of the year, they have a lot of talent on this team. They have multiple all-stars still on this team, in this lineup. And they're going to make moves to help this lineup. They have a great rotation. I'm pretty confident in their bullpen as well. Seidler mentioned it, and I've been saying this for weeks, months. He mentioned this today, earlier today, when speaking to the media. I don't see how these injuries happen twice in a year. It's like impossible. It's like a once-in-a-century thing. And I agree with him. And so if that does happen and there aren't really that much injuries, guess what? There's no excuse. You got to win. You have to. You have to win. So that was pretty much the Seidler comments. Uh, we'll get to the chat here. Let's get to the chat before I move on to the next subject here. Just seeing if you guys have anything to say about that Seidler. Gil, like your work, Ben. Can you keep it up? You keep it straight facts and have valid rational arguments. I appreciate it. Look, I have, I mean, I prepare here. Diehard fan takes, I, I mean, I keep score pretty much every game. I have my notebook here of all notes that I take throughout the day, active on Twitter. I love this team and I love communicating with you guys. And so, again, like this channel, like this episode. Subscribe, put that push notifications on to the channel so you don't miss any video when I'm going live, when videos come out, talking fires on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I feel like the fans need a lot of consistent Padres content, and I think I can relate to a lot of you guys because I'm really passionate about this team. Uh, let's see. Festivus says this team needs to win 100 games this year. 100 is a lot. With Fernando out the first half of the year, I wouldn't. I disagree with that. You win 100 games with Fernando out the first half of the season? My goodness. I mean, I guess if they get, like, Chris Bryant and Freddie Freeman, then you could make that argument. But, like, even then, you still have to play the Dodgers a lot. You still have to play the Giants a lot who are going to be competitive. For some reason, those Diamondback-Rocky games seem to be competitive. So... And then those games against NLE's teams, the Braves, the Mets, those are going to be tough, obviously. The Brewers series, they didn't fare well last year in. They have great a great rotation as well, at least top end. They're top heavy there. So 100 games when you don't have your best player who arguably could have won MVP last year, I disagree that they need to win 100 games. Even with Fernando, upper 90s. Right now, probably 85 to 93 games is where I'd put it. Um, let's see here. A 
Randall says, I do not want the Dodgers to win the World Series. Yep, obviously I agree with that. Clevenger was the best part of all the interviews released today. Yeah, he's a, he's a spark plug. He has energy. Freddie Freeman, we'll get to that, so I'll, I'll go past that comment about Freeman to San Diego. I hear the Yankees want Oz, Cobra says. That's, that's false because they just got Anthony Rizzo. Uh, and they're a contending team as well. I think them getting Hosmer would set them back. Jerry says, I'm not happy with Preller trading off all those good Chihuahuas players. That needs to pay off soon or Preller is gone. Camposano is one of those AAA players. Seems like that development's helping. They hired Francisco Cervelli this past offseason. I'm sure a lot of you guys forgot about that. They hired him, and I think he's probably going to work a lot with Camposano, especially on defense. That was something that he struggled with. Um, look, a lot of the moves, the moves that he's made, some of them have not worked out. But when you make as many moves as Preller has made, a lot of these, a lot of these players are not homegrown, and I understand that. And if you look at the roster, a lot of guys aren't homegrown. Tech, Tatis technically is not homegrown. Machado's not homegrown. Hosmer's not homegrown. Jake's not homegrown. Grisham's not homegrown. Myers technically wasn't homegrown. Profar's not homegrown even though he's with Preller with Texas, but he's not homegrown. Nola's not homegrown. Caratini's not homegrown. Musgrove's not homegrown. Darvish, not homegrown. Snell, not homegrown. Nick Martinez, if they get that done, not homegrown. Luis Garcia, not homegrown. Robert Suarez, not homegrown. Uh, Emilio Pagan, not homegrown. Hassan Kim, developed really in Japan, not homegrown. So, I just named off some of these guys. You could go a lot of, I mean, a lot of these moves were additions. Some of them were good additions. Jake Cronenworth, Trent Grisham, Musgrove, they were great additions. You know, I don't really miss Joey Lucchese for that Musgrove deal, you know? Like, a lot, some of these deals were good additions, but some of them were not. You know, giving up on Trammell and Ty France, that one irks me. Um, so, I agree that some of these need to start paying off more than they are, but a lot of these AAA guys that you're referring to are the starters, like Weathers, Paddock, and those guys. Those are like major league players. There's not a whole lot of pitching help in the minor leagues at El Paso starting-wise. Ray Kerr and Kevin Copps, those seem like good additions to the minor league system. All right, let's get to the next topic here. Thank you, everyone, in the chat. You continue putting in your comments and all that. We'll definitely get back to that. Um, let's get to, yeah, let's, you know what? Let's get to some more comments. Bob Melvin spoke today. We'll get to Freddie Freeman in a little bit. Bob Melvin spoke to the media today about many topics. The DH, his expectations for Mike Clevenger, if C.J. Abrams will play second or shortstop majority of the time in spring, if he has any idea on who the closer is going to be, he had all of those questions asked to him, and he addressed them. And we're going to get to that audio right now. So let's start off. I'll share my screen here. And I'm not sure podcast-wise, if you're listening to this on replay, I'm not sure if you you can hear this because I have my headphones in. 
because I think that's a better mic. Uh, but we'll see here. So, and I'll, so if you can't hear him, I'll repeat what Bob Melvin essentially said. Uh, but for the YouTube audience watching here, here is what Bob Mellon said when he's asked about how, what the DH will look like for the Padres. 